Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. So welcome to Louisiana Revival Week. This is a 7 p.m. service Monday night, and we go Tuesday through Friday after this, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m., because uh, that's what we do. Daniel 11.35. Then once you get to 11.35, go to uh, 12.3, because that's where I'm going to read. Daniel 12, verse 3. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Say out loud. Those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. You know, Billy Graham never set out to be famous. And his goal wasn't to have uh, a an international burial service when he died. But he got all those things. A at the height of his ministry, he was the second most recognizable face on planet Earth, second to Muhammad Ali, just as a Baptist, trying to tell people about Jesus. And then when he was buried, he's one of two non-presidents uh, uh, to be interned at the National Rotunda. Those that lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Can you say Amen. And so God's plan, you know, if God's plan is for everyone to get, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In that day, I'll pour out my spirit on all my servants, men and women alike, and they'll prophesy. If that's God's plan, then what, for you to get filled with the Holy Ghost, then what's it for? What do you do with that power? Uh, Acts 1.8, and you shall receive... After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you and shall be my what? Witnesses. So yes, there is an initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You speak in tongues. You see that Acts 2? You see it in Acts 10? You see it in Acts 19? And uh, there was always a physical sign where they could tell the people had been filled with the Holy Ghost. Every time it's given, it's speaking in other tongues. Why? He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries unto man, but he speaks to God and, is, and edifieth himself or buildeth himself up. Some of our friends in another denomination, another teaching, they say speaking in tongues was so that people could hear the gospel. They would speak in other languages so that they, they didn't have interpreters so the gospel could be spread. Well, if that's true, then you have some explaining to do. Because in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that Paul laid his hand on 12 men, Acts 19, 1 through 7. He laid his hands on them all, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they all spoke with other tongues. Uh, they were about 12 men in all, Acts 19, 6 and 7. So if tongues was for evangelization, who were those 12 men evangelizing? Paul? He was already evangelized. Jesus evangelized them personally. So there was no need for that. And the Bible says, number one, it's not always the tongues of men. Sometimes in the gift of tongues, it is. There was a, there was a church that I grew up around in uh, just south of Pittsburgh when I was a little boy. It went from 30 people to 800 people. And it came by the gifts of the Spirit. 
One, one, they were at about 30 some people, had grown to 50, uh, slow growth over a few months. And then somebody gave a message in tongues and interpreted the message. Thus saith the Lord, be, believe me for 500 people by the end of this month. You know, when God speaks, he never speaks according to your capacity or your ability. He always speaks according to his capacity and his ability. Can you say amen? And I'm doing that to help you because it, in this last hour of time, Amos 9:13, the day will come, says the Lord, where the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. That's talking about supernatural. That's faster than you can sow the seed, the harvest will come in. Even the building we're standing in, to do this over the course of how, how many months? 18 months. I mean, that, that's supernatural. Some places it would take longer than that to get the permits to begin the work on the building. And so to have the whole thing done and permitted to have church in 18 months and somebody move and they played the, uh, do, do you have the prophecy queued up? That, that video they played last night where I gave the prophecy about moving churches, available or not available? But need time? Okay, so just, just to catch people up, I came here January 21st in the height of the COVID uh, lockdown where they were saying churches are done. How many know there's going to be a new normal? We're not going to have church uh, like we normally do. First of all, Dr. Fauci, I'm sure he knows a lot about medicine. He doesn't get to dictate the course of action of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember this, the Bible warns bishops not to lord their authority over the church. So if bishops should be careful, how much more careful should outsiders be? Can you say amen? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry that I'm still irritated, but for two years of walking through churches and having a sign about what the CDC recommends, I don't give two uh, hoots what, what the, 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 the you know, we'll go with hoots. I don't, go, I, don't, I don't care what the CDC recommends. The CDC is for partial birth abortion. The CDC thinks you can't define what a woman is. And all of a sudden, we're going to start letting them tell us what they recommend in church. You can take that trash and shove it back down to hell where it belongs. The government has no say about what goes on in a church building. Can you say amen? If they, and they had to wait. They basically had to wait till 2020 to even try that stuff. Because if they'd have tried that stuff in the 1980s or 1990s, you wouldn't have got any pastors to participate. Baptist pastors wouldn't have done it. Pentecostals wouldn't have done it on down the line. But they basically had to wait till my generation of losers came up that just does what they're told. You know, people say, well, the Bible says in Romans 13, we're always to obey uh, the law of the land. Amen. If that's true, when you read the Bible, if we're always supposed to obey the law, God was sure having to break a lot of people out of prison. Can you say amen? Yeah, Paul wasn't in, t in prison for unpaid parking tickets. He's in prison left and right. He wrote so many books. <laughs> There's a section of the Bible that the entire section was written from prison. It was called the, it's called the prison epistles. That's like Paul would just use it as a chance to write letters. All right, good. I'm in prison. They're done beating me. Somebody get me a pen and some paper. I got a letter to write. Can you say Amen. Yeah, so we're not looking, we're looking to live at peace with the government. You know, that Romans 13 is talking about paying your water bill, paying your taxes, that you don't write the, 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 the parish you live in and say, no, I'm not paying my water bill. I'm a citizen of a different kingdom that has springs. No, the, Paul was saying, obey the laws and live at peace. But a, a righteous man has a responsibility to disobey unjust laws. Can you say amen? Yeah. 
People say some stupid stuff. If you're always supposed to obey the law, did you know Hitler never did one thing that was illegal? It was legal to kill Jewish people. It was legal to turn them in and have the, it was actually illegal to help them. Read the Bible. Daniel, Daniel was good. How'd he get thrown in the lion's den? For obeying the law? No. They said, you're not allowed to pray. Now I'm going to tell you, the devil, just like God hasn't changed, the devil hasn't changed. If you let wickedness go unchecked, that just like they pass laws that you can't go to church, they would pass laws like they're already doing in Europe. No public witnessing. But guess what? The devil can't take land that you haven't given him. One pastor was telling me in Europe, they pass laws that we're not allowed to preach the gospel outside. I said, when's the last time your church ever preached the gospel outside? Um, I said, he said, it, 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 we've not done it. I said, when's the last time there's ever been a gospel crusade held outside in this nation? You'd probably have to go back to the 70s, he said. I said, well, then the devil didn't take anything from you. He just took the space that you vacated 50 years ago. That's why we're in church on a Monday night as a sign to the gates of hell. You're not taking this country. America doesn't belong to the devil. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ will write the final chapter of U.S. history, and you're going to be a part of it in Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout a living amen. Yeah, so... so you have a responsibility. And I, to hear leaders say, you know, my generation starts every sentence with bro. Bro, they're not asking us to uh, deny our faith. They're just not asking us, asking us not to go to church. Going to church is not the icing on the cake of Christianity. Going to church is part of my Christian faith. It's a fundamental part of a Christian faith. You know, I've been an evangelist for 21 years and I've been a pastor for 17 months concurrently. And there's things that I've heard other evangelists say that I just started saying, but now that I'm a pastor, I don't say them anymore. Now you, you don't need a church. You need a relationship with God. Yes. And you also need a church. The church is the bride of Christ. In fact, you can do a little experiment with me. Anytime you hear somebody start bad mouthing the church, they'll be out of the ministry and disappear in about 12 months. There's a guy, I won't bring up his name. He did it. I did an Instagram live. I said, normally I don't mention people's names. But during the, the riots in June of 2020, he said from the pulpit, the church is the most racist institution on planet Earth. So I went on the next day. I said, he won't be around in 12 months. Well, I was wrong. He wasn't around in six weeks. Came out, he was sleeping with people in his congregation. Yeah. When, you, when you're in sin, you say stupid things. Can you say Amen. The church, well, well, the church is full of hypocrites. No, it's not. The church is the pure bride of Christ. I said the church is the pure bride of Christ. You might meet people in church that need help and need some cleaning up. That's fine. But the church doesn't have any fault. The Bible says that Christ is coming back for a holy church, a pure church, a spotless bride without spot or wrinkle. I'm a part of that church. You're a part of that church tonight. We are in this world as a restraining force to the Antichrist. Can you say amen? Yeah. So for three years, the devil tried that garbage and he failed. And now a window has opened up where Luke chapter 4, Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus rebutted him with the word of God. One scripture, then another scripture, then another scripture. And the Bible says, then Satan left him alone for a season. You can also find a type of that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 
where after the Lord destroyed Mount Seir and Ammon and the other army, the Bible says, a fear of the Lord swept outside and the Lord gave them rest on every side. Satan left them alone for a season. Say this out loud. There's a season where the devil has to leave you alone. Yeah, and I know that's going to bother you if you're raised Pentecostal like me because Pentecostals won't even know what to do if the devil left them alone. Everything's based on the devil attacking. Pray for me, the devil's attacking. How many know we had a great meeting, but the devil's going to be out there in the parking lot waiting to come after us? They start every service. Before we start the service, let's just take a moment to pray. Satan, we bind you. Then the, the person get up to give announcements. Before we give announcements, Satan, we bind you. Then the pastor get up to preach, Satan, we bind you. I was nine years old thinking, if this sucker's that slippery that he can get loose every eight minutes, we're fighting a losing battle. No, but the, Jesus stripped him of all his power. You're fighting a toothless lion. The best he could try to do is gum you to death. Can you say amen? He's a big talker, but Jesus, the Bible says he stripped him of all his power. How much of his power? Pastor Ray, give me all of your Bible. How much of your Bible do you have left? So if Jesus took him of all his power, how much power does Satan have left? None. Now, if you don't know that, he works by deception. So people don't know that. That's why they have to take four hours to cast a devil out of somebody. Or why you have to enroll in an online YouTube course to get deliverance over the course of six weeks. If it takes you six weeks to cast out a devil, you need to get saved. Can you say amen? I'm not saying this out of pride or arrogance, but I'm going to tell you something that happened at our church. I don't know why it surprised me, but I preached on power over the devil, and God made it an illustrated sermon, and I had to go preach in Montreal. I was preaching Sunday morning in Pittsburgh at our church, and I had to preach in Montreal uh, Monday, and normally I leave later in the afternoon. Montreal's only about an hour and 10-minute flight, but Canadian Customs closed at 3 p.m., so I had to leave at 1 p.m. if they were gonna admit my flight. So it's like 1240, uh, 12.47, the airport's four minutes from my church, and I can get right on the plane, because it's mine, amen. So uh, I don't have to have TSA pat my no-nos down looking for Al-Qaeda in my underpants, which is very nice. <laughs> I feel like Donald wanna do that. There's no terrorists in here, they're just my jeans, amen. <laughs> so. It's 12.47, I'm thinking, I gotta go. I gave an invitation to get saved, three people came up, and I thought, I'm gonna pray, I'm even gonna pray an abbreviated version of the sinner's prayer, because I ran my sermon too long, I gotta go. So I start praying, and one lady, as we're praying, throws herself down on the ground and starts slithering like this, going, ah, and I thought, oh, not today, I'm late. I don't have time for this. So without thinking, I mean, this, this isn't necessarily what you would teach in a Bible college. But without thinking, and back this up to give you some room, without thinking, <laughs> this is not how you cast out a devil, but it worked this time. I went to the bridge. Hey, oh my go, go. I actually, if you watch the video, I pointed at my watch to the, hey, I don't have time. You got to go. That, that's throwing somebody out of your house quick. Amen. And then it went right out. Then the lady, when you cast a demon out of somebody, they're like in an in-between phase. When the demon leaves, they're kind of like out of it. I sh <laughs> Think. Oh, and it's all on video. I shook her. It went, hey, hey. And I, I like grabbed her by the side. Look at me. Look in the eyes. You're okay? All right. 
Stand up, prayed the sinner's prayer, stood her up, wiped the foam off her. You're good? Okay. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday. And then off to the blame. You don't need no six weeks. The devil is under your feet. You can throw that bum out in the name of Jesus anywhere he thinks he's set up shop. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. The last defeat from the devil that you ever saw will be the last one you ever see in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that, one more time. Take 15 good seconds. Clap your hands, all you people. Say it so the devil can hear you. I have dominion. Say, I'm hooked up with Jesus. Say, whatever can't assault Christ can't assault me. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. Before you're seated, let me tell you another thing. I, uh, I wrote on Instagram just one day because I was listening to some goofball talk. And so I just posted the opposite on my platform. I wrote, the born-again Christian carries no curses in their bloodline, only a blessing. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, they're a new creature. Do you know what new means in the original Greek? New. That's why they translate it that way. Do you know what creature is a tense of? Create. I mean, no, we're all sinners saved by grace. No, we're not. I was a sinner, and the sinner died when I got saved. Now, this, that's what Romans chapter 6 says. You can believe whatever you want, but I like the Bible. The Bible says, I've been nailed to the cross with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Now, if, if the, and then the Bible goes on to say, my real life is hid with Christ in God. So think of it. Um, Camila, come up with me. And then let me have Brother Taylor come up as well. So... Camila, now Taylor is going to be God the Father. I'm going to be Jesus Christ. And it's not a racial thing. It was just the two closest people. All right, so we'll use better representation. We'll get like a, an Indian person and a Scottish person or something the next night so everyone's not offended. Amen. So uh, Camila's there. She's a regular Christian. I'm Christ. He's God the Father. My real life is hid with Christ. Now you stand in front of me. My real life is hid with Christ in God. If a demon's going to attack her, who does he have to get through first? Who? There's no, it's, it's not a trick question, and we're not throwing out people if they answer wrong. So I feel like this sounds, it seems like summer school where you're, you've answered wrong for four quarters and you're gun shy. If a demon was to attack her, who would they have to get through first? And then once they got through him, who'd they have to get past? Your elder brother, Jesus Christ. Okay, you can be seated. I thought the illustration would help more than it did, but. So. If a demon's going to attack you, they have to get through God. You can be seated. Has that demon been created? A demon that can get by God the Father. Has that demon been created yet? Has that demon been created yet? No. That's why the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, in the Old Covenant, your enemy will attack you from one direction, but I will make him run from you in how many directions? Yeah, not you pray about it and I'll do it. I'll just do it. So you start realizing, now if you don't know that, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. So if you don't know that, and I'm telling you from 21 years of preaching, if a demon can tell that somebody doesn't know that, they put on a show. But if they can see in your eyes that you got a plane to catch and you know the in Christ revelation, they say, my bag's already packed, sir. I'm on my way out. 
Can you say amen? Yeah, if you think, you know, you go on Instagram, there's people that post Jesus sitting at a table with Lucifer arm wrestling. If you have a Christianity, if you have a Jesus that the devil could sit at the same table with, you're going to have a rough Christianity. The Bible says when Christ returns, he will destroy the Antichrist, not in a 15-round pay-per-view match and land a lucky right hook in the final minute of the 15th round. He will destroy the Antichrist by the what? Breath of his mouth and the splendor of his coming. Everybody say the breath of his mouth. Now, couple that with another scripture. All scripture is God-breathed. So the same power that will destroy the Antichrist is in the mouth of every believer that speaks the word of God. That's why, did you know, and and again, all my uh, Pentecostal friends that are watching that I grew up with, and I love you, and I'm Pentecostal. I'm very Pentecostal. My grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher for 62 years. He was so Pentecostal. He was at a pastor's meeting in the town he pastored in, and another pastor from another denomination said to him, Mickey, if you weren't Pentecostal, what would you be? And he said, ashamed. Amen. So that's the family I come from, and I'm fine with it. But for all my Pentecostals that don't understand the dominion Christ has over the devil, you know where a demon would manifest? Oh, you know, just praying in fear tongues. No, it doesn't say these signs will follow them that believe they'll pray for demons. These signs will follow them that believe they shall what? Cast out devils. Not pray out, cast out. You can throw his butt out. Can you say amen? You can throw him out. He's going to get thrown out of your life tonight. I said he's going to get thrown out of your life tonight. Every infringement of the devil against your children, against your marriage, against your family, against your finances, and against your health, we toss his rear end to the curb in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you receive it, shout a living amen. Amen. Everybody say, I have dominion in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you know. You've got to preach out this glorification of the devil. This is the devil's stronghold. No, it's not. Anywhere a believer stands, becomes, they become the stronghold in that place. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 2 that you've been seated together with who? Christ. He, the Bible says he is the head. We are the what? We're the what? Body. And nobody's head's in a different seat than their body. Your head's connected to your body. If your head is in a different seat than your body, please no- locate someone very quickly. You have about nine seconds to live. So your head's in the same place as your body. I'm not trying to get Jesus. I mean, no, he's always running after us. No, he's not. Number one, if he's always running after you, here's a thought. Stop running. <laughs> Why are you making Jesus chase you? No, just stand still and <laughs> let him catch you. But I don't say he's always running after us. That's... Well, some worship team wrote that probably smoked a couple bags of grass, in my opinion. I'm not judging you if you do that. I'm just, just uh, making accusations that have no base. Yeah, he's not running after us. I mean, he's always running after us. No, I can actually settle down and have Christ live in my heart. And then I can be hooked up with him and seated together with him where? In heavenly places. What does that mean that I'm hooked up with Jesus in heavenly places? The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Satan went to declare war in heaven, to make war in heaven, but prevailed not. Say this out loud. I'm seated 
where Satan has no ability to prevail. So he can run his mouth, but he can't move me, and he can't dictate the course of my life. How many know the devil's going to be angry about what? He can be angry. I don't care. I don't care who's angry. I'm going to do what the Bible says. How many know the devil's going to be waiting to attack? Number one, only three people in the Bible had a direct dealing with Satan. Did you know that? Eve, Jesus, and Job. I have it out of order. Eve, Job, and Jesus. Even Satan, it was a, even Paul, it was a messenger sent from Satan to buffet him. So if you read the whole Bible, there's only three people that had to deal with Satan directly. Do you know Satan's not everywhere at once? He's not God's evil counterpart. Like God's the good God, and then Satan's the evil God. Satan doesn't have, Satan's only, God's everywhere at once. God's all-knowing. God's all-powerful. Satan's one place at a time. There's going to be good Christian people that stand before God on Judgment Day and say, I wasn't able to do what you called me to do because the devil was attacking. And Satan's going to say, can I say something? Normally I lie, but if you check the records, I was in Syria the entire time she was alive. And God's going to go, you know, he's right. So it's not the devil. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So even if the, and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. So you have Eve. Now, not only were only three people attacked or had to deal with Satan. Satan's one place at once. He has limited knowledge. Satan doesn't know what's going to happen five minutes from now with the exception of knowing Bible prophecy. The only thing Satan knows about the future is what God has put in his word. He doesn't know the future, and he can't control the future unless you participate with him. He's not, and then he's not all-powerful. He's no-powerful. Jesus stripped him of how much of his power? Oh, that's right. So even if you use bad theology to cast the demon out, they still have to go. I have a flank to catch. It's not in the Bible. But it still had to respect it because it doesn't have dominion. I have dominion through Christ. So isn't it interesting how the way the enemy works is basically by making you think you have to put up with what he's doing. And that's why the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? set you free or make you free. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So if you don't know the Bible, even in one area, isn't it interesting? There's people that know very well about salvation, but they know nothing about healing. There's people that know a lot about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but know nothing about God's financial blessing plan. So in that, so they stay healed, but they're broke. Or they know about God's money plan and success, but they don't know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So they don't have power over the devil. But guess what? All it takes is one week like this, line upon line, precept upon precept, where you're going to leave here saved, having victory over sin, power over the devil, power over your flesh, power in the Holy Ghost, power over sickness and disease, and power to obtain wealth, to do what God's called you to do and be who God's called you to be. Three people that had to deal with the devil. Eve, and what did, how, let me ask you this. I know this is contrary to everything we've been taught in some churches, but I had to unlearn it and learn it, right? And remember, this is the Bible. This is clear scripture. This isn't some interpretation. You never heard me say today, I had an angel appear to me where I'm staying, and this is what it told me to tell you. This is the Bible. When Satan dealt with Eve, how did he deal with her? Did he start, and, and a serpent came, and began to bite Eve and attack her body. No. no. What did the serpent, well, whoever this young lady is on the front row, 
What, when, when Satan came on the scene, what did he do to Eve? Uh, he just, like, de um, deceived her, like, tricking her. Correct. And how, in particular, did he deceive her? I don't know who that girl is, but I like her. <laughs> how did he deceive her? Did God say, well, wh what, what's the root of everything you're seeing in the country now? Did God say, marriage is between a man and a woman? Did God say, did God say, did God say, God said, every sickness and disease there is, even those not mentioned in this book of the law are part of the curse, and Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. But no, there were people for two years on TV telling you this disease is different. How would Jesus have ministered during a time where there was a contagious virus going around? How would Jesus have ministered when there was a contagious disease going around? Uh, did you ever hear about leprosy? You biblically illiterate buffoon. There was a worse thing than COVID going around. There was leprosy. That was so bad you weren't allowed to even be in public. And Jesus touched the lepers and cleansed them. And then he told the disciples to cleanse the lepers. So if people didn't know the word, they stood up. We want to welcome you today to Faith Assembly, where we believe that God's all-powerful. Having said that, if your temperature is over 99 degrees, please vacate the building immediately. Now let's sing our first song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You know what? I'm sort of a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Yeah. So you can carry a Bible. You can have nice clothes. You can shout. But if you don't know the word, what would have happened? How much better shape would all of us be in right now? If when the, the devil said, did God say? She went, yeah, he did. Also, quit talking to me. I don't talk to snakes. Beat it. And just went about her life. No, she entertained the thoughts of the devil. Taking into captivity every thought that would exalt itself against God. You, you. How many of you know we're in a mental health crisis? Speak for yourself. I'm not. I'm not cuckoo. Never been cuckoo. Even for Cocoa Puffs, I just eat them in my right mind. Amen. No. Everybody say, I'm not in a mental health crisis. Say, I have the mind of Christ. So you'll start hearing things and repeating them. Hey, we're in a mental health crisis in America. Oh, are we? Death and life is in the power of the? Taking every thought that would exalt itself against the word of God into captivity and casting it down. Even strongholds are set up that way. That if someone has a stronghold, they're thinking, they have a thought in their mind that they're exalting against the word of God, even if it's put there by a devil. And all it takes to destroy that stronghold is to replace that thing you're dwelling on with the truth of God's word. I'm telling you tonight, the last panic attack you ever had will be the last one you ever have. Fear goes out of this room cheaply and for free and will never come back in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, I feel that tonight. If you receive that in Louisiana, clap your hands one more time. Give God a mighty, mighty shout. 
Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The devil is defeated. Jesus Christ is Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout a living hallelujah. One more time, say it out loud. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Now, before you're seated, I'm telling you practically tonight. There are many people in this room and many more that are watching online. The last setback that you saw will be the last setback you ever see. The last defeat that you saw will be the last defeat you ever see. These last six months of this calendar year called 2023 are going to be the greatest months you've ever known. Seven months, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. These last seven months, we're in the first week of a new month. These last seven months, God's going to do more for you in these seven months than in all the years before put together. Because this is not the devil's time. This is the time of supernatural acceleration where the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that sows seed. I see big churches going up in America. I see small ministries becoming regional ministries. I see regional ministries becoming state ministries. I see state ministries becoming national ministries. I see national ministries becoming international ministries. I see local businesses becoming regional businesses. I see national businesses in the body of Christ becoming international businesses. Somebody say amen. amen. You can be seated. And I'm going to tell you, you know, another thing you got to drop from our culture is this community thing in our community. And I'm not in a community. I got me, my wife, and my daughter. Joshua didn't say, as for me and my community, we're going to serve the Lord. He said, as for me and my, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not trying to bring all Polish Americans on the ride with me to where I'm going. That's the nationality and ethnicity I was born into. They're free to do what they want. I preach the word to them, same as I preach it to anyone else. If you want to get with the program and follow me, you're free to follow me. If you don't, you're free not to. I'm not dragging a community. You know, they try to get everybody... To get the exact same, we need equity. How many of you heard that word recently, equity? Am I in an Amish community? None of you have TVs? Which would actually be a good thing. We need equity. No, that's impossible. You can't even get three children that are born in the same home to turn out the same. Anybody have three kids and can say amen? Yeah, one's valedictorian. One's in the special class for kids that won't stop fighting. And they had the same mom, same dad, same everything. You can't get two people, two, three kids. Ask Adam and Eve if you can get Cain and Abel to turn out the same. One loves God, one's got a problem with God. And turns into a murderer and kills his brother. So if you can't get people in the same household to turn out the same, good luck trying to get everybody in an entire city or neighborhood to turn out the same. No, you can give equal opportunity, but you, you can get everybody to try out for the football team. But you can't make everybody an all-star football player. And if you try to make it like the U.S. military is doing, you're going to end up with a weak military and have to keep lowering the standards so that everybody can pass the bar. Why am I bringing this up? Because if you adopt those community, which is a very close word to communism, where everybody the same, no. Really, faith is an individual decision. You can't make up your mind even for your own sister 
or your own brother. You can only do what Joshua did if you're a father. As for, now, y'all can do whatever you want. It's basically the Louisiana translation of Joshua 24, 15. He called the whole assembly and said, all of you can do whatever you want. But let me just plainly state, if you want to serve the gods, the idols of this land, knock yourself out. But as for me and my house, everybody say me, me. and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, and Joshua didn't say, we're going to try to serve the Lord. He said, we will serve the Lord. Let me tell you something. When you make up your mind definitely that I'm going to serve God, then take it further than that. I'm going to live in victory over sin. I'm not going to try to do better. Sin will not have victory or dominion over me. I'm going to have dominion and victory over sin. Then the devil does not have a plan against the man that makes up his mind or the woman that makes up her mind. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to read this book and I'm going to have everything. Not 90%. I'm going to have everything that God said belongs to me. My friend, there's no devil in hell big enough to stop the man or woman of God that makes up their mind. Sorry for all the shouting. I've been told you I was an evangelist for 21 years and still am. I'm one even tonight. Um, I've seen a lot of people lift their hands to receive Jesus Christ. When I give the invitation to get saved, when they get into the aisle, do you know how many times I've seen a demon appear in the aisle and push them back into their seat? Yeah, but it, the demon power is different in Africa. I've preached in Africa. It's never happened. Demon power is stronger in India. No, actually, the devil's power is equally weak in every nation of the world. Yeah, he didn't strip him of his power in America and gave him some in India. He stripped him of all his power. First time I ever preached in India, it was in a village church. And when I started preaching, nine girls threw themselves on the ground and started to slither like snakes and the demons came out of them. During the introduction. So were there demon, was there demon power? Yeah, it turned out they were all temple prostitutes at a Hindu temple. whoop de freaking do The devils came out of every one of them and then they all got saved and got in line to get prayed for. Light drives out darkness. Now, there's no windows in here, so I bet you if you shut all these lights off, it'd be pitch black. But you turn one light on, that light doesn't have to fast. That light doesn't have to pray. There's not a slow struggle between one light and the darkness as it pushes it out. As soon as light appears, darkness leaves for free. And the Bible says, Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But after I leave, ye are the light of the world. Everybody say, I'm the light of the world. And that'll rattle any religion you have left in your but No, only he's the light. Yeah, guess where he lives? If you understand that, it'll save you a lot of trips to Israel trying to touch where Jesus was because you can be where Jesus is right here in Louisiana. My, my grandfather did 26 tours to Israel. I'm not against going to Israel. But if you think it's more anointed at the wailing wall than it is in you, then you got a problem. Jesus isn't in that wall. He's in you. Can you say amen? amen. Say out loud, where I go, where I go. He, goes. he goes. Let me tell you something. This is a special meeting. I've noticed Louisiana people clam up if you compliment them. They stop trusting you. But I'm telling you just the same. This is a special meeting. 
full of special people that God's going to use in this last hour of time. Look at it full already on Monday night. Monday night's way up from Sunday night. That's an abnormality. Normally it goes Sunday night up, then plateaus Monday and Tuesday, and then starts lifting Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's normal. When it's ever like this on a Monday, it's a blowout week. So get ready for the greatest week you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. Where the devil takes one loss after another loss. Can I tell you something? There's going to be people that testify before the week's over. That people in your family that were away from God have come home to Christ before the week's over. Even people that are out of state, they're going to get saved where they're at. Because as I was getting to, we went through three years of the enemy's assault. How did Eve fall? She believed the deceit. She allowed Satan to get her to question the word of God. Now, what did Jesus do? Jesus dealt with Satan directly. What do we read? And Satan began to slap and kick Jesus. No. He misquoted scripture to him. What did Jesus say? You know, I've never thought about it like that. No. It is written. No praying in tongues. No flinging oil around. It is. In a weakened state. The Bible says he hadn't eaten or <laughs> hadn't had anything to eat or drink in 40 days. I haven't tried that. Haven't had anything to eat or drink in 40 days and, and was very hungry. It is, it is, and sitting in the desert. You ever been to Arizona? It is written. The Bible says. What happened when Satan, when he said that? Satan started to attack him, other deep, no. Satan changed the subject. He won't even argue with what's written. Second temptation. It is written. Change the subject. It is written. Then the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, I think it's around 6 or 7 and, and 8. And Satan left him alone for a season. How? It is written. It is written. It is written. So even if you had Satan himself aligned against you, he can't withstand three scriptures out of the Bible. We just need to pray. How many of you know there's some witches that are meeting here in Ruston and cursing this church? Let them curse. The curse causeless shall not come. They, Brother Jonathan, there's witches that meet in that woods out there. Good. Well, they want a gold sticker on their witch chart? I was preaching in Camden, New Jersey. And there's a... <laughs> Head, the head witch, which, you know, congratulations. I don't know if they have like a witch election or, or what. But she was the head witch in southern New Jersey. And she came to the meeting. I didn't even know she was there. There were 3,000 people there that night. And I stood up to preach. This is outside on the field. Highest murder rate per capita in the country. Do you know the government is helpless without the church? They don't have, that's why they made churches tax exempt. If you read in the, in the origins of the tax code, they realize these churches do more good than we could do with the money uh, that we tax them from. Because all they can do is put up a billboard on the interstate in Ruston. Domestic abuse hurts children. As if somebody that hits their kid's gonna drive by and go, you know, that's true. I never thought of that before. No, it's a waste. They can't do anything. So like Camden, New Jersey, you know, you know what they did to combat the murder rate? They did a study at the college that it soothes people and calms them if they see aquatic life. So they built a, a big aquarium in New Jersey and made the access free for residents so that murderers and gang members could go look at the fish. And then they go, you know what? I'm not using this clock anymore. 
And you know it didn't work? Not only did the murder rate go up, the octopus has a gold tooth and stabbed another octopus. So the spirit of that town actually jumped on the fish. But the gospel does what the government can't do. The church can survive without America, but America can't survive without the church. That's why it's time for every believer in the sound of my voice and watching online to make up their mind. I'm going to get anointed with the Holy Ghost and fire, and I'm going to tread on the head of the devil and make him sorry he didn't kill me when he had the chance. Come on, if that sounds like you, one more time, clap your hands in this church. Give Jesus the biggest shout of praise you're alive for such a time as this shout hallelujah so I stood on the stage in Camden and I said uh, I went to say hello it's opening night I'm not gonna be like sarcastic or anything and I said uh, hey I went to say hey welcome and this just came out of my spirit the problem with things coming out of your spirit is your spirit's in your belly, according to Jesus in John 7, and your brain's up here, and your mouth's here. So it hits your mouth before it hits your brain. So I stood up on opening night, and I, that, that witch is there. Everybody knows she's there. And I said, welcome to Festival of Life Camden, night one. Even if you're a witch, we're glad you're here. If you notice, we left space in the back where you can park your broom. And when I said that, the whole crowd laughed like you're laughing, and she went like this. And walked straight off the field. Now, if I did what I was raised to do, and they told me the head witch is there, we come against you, we bind you. What binds your power? What power is there to bind? No, no, no. That's why Elijah was not interceding against the prophets of Baal. He was Don Ricklesing them. Perhaps your God's old and deaf and you should shout louder. Just have, it actually says it in the Bible. Perhaps he's out taking a leak. Elijah's up there just, just mocking the God. Because when you understand who you are, that's what, that's what a lot of people I think have a problem with me in the beginning. It's like, well, how can he take this this lightly? Because the gift of faith puts a joy in your spirit. I'm not trying to win the battle. Jesus already won the battle. I'm not trying to get the victory. I have the victory through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. Say, I have the victory. Say, Jesus already won it. Yeah, basically, all we're doing is spiking footballs. We're already in the end zone. Can you say amen? Well, then what, why are we even doing anything? Because the, Satan works by deception. So you preach the word. People get the word and they get free. Let me, let me tell you another thing while my blood pressure's up. So this wasn't in Camden. This was in Vineland, New Jersey. Everybody say the truth will set you free. Say the truth will make you free. I'm preaching in Vineland, New Jersey. I'm up on the stage. We had 908 people give their life to Jesus on opening night. 4,000 people in attendance. 4,001, I think. And uh, there was a guy standing in the back. I noticed him while I was preaching because he was taller than the crowd. He stood out. He had on a, uh, we used to call him when I was growing up, a wife beater, but I don't think you're supposed to call him that anymore. So I'll call it what they call it, a TJ Maxx, an A-frame tank top. So he had on this A-frame tank top, and uh, he had a gold chain with a gold scorpion on it. 
And he had tattoos up the side of his neck and up the side of his face. I found out later he was the head of the Latin Kings in, in that town in southern New Jersey. So you, you could tell he was, I'll tell you what I could tell in my spirit. I could tell um, he had authority. He was, like, he was a strong man. So it didn't, it didn't strike me odd when I found out he was not just in a gang, he was the leader because he carried authority. So when I, I'll tell you how much authority he carried. When I finished preaching, he didn't come to the altar, but he locked eyes with me and went like this. Like he wanted me to go see him. And I felt led to go see him. Because I felt like if I didn't go see him, I could actually feel led. And I don't want to feel any led. So I go back to him, and he, he was super nice. He was Puerto Rican like my wife. And he, he couldn't speak English, but I had my interpreter Israel with me, and he said, my father's dying of cancer. I need you to come to my apartment and pray for him in Section 8 housing. We'd always do these things in the hood. And uh, Jesus said to go where it's dark. That's why this Christianity that charges people tickets to come hear the word ain't ever going to work. Sinners aren't going to pay a ticket fee to hear the gospel. And they're not supposed to pay a ticket fee to hear the gospel. It's a stupid idea. So I... Um, I told him, he said, will you come back to my house and pray for him? I said, through my interpreter, it's not that I won't come to the house and pray for him. I said, but did you know I'm here for the whole week? So this is why you do a week of meetings, because God does something and then it builds. In fact, uh, Miss Chloe, if you would, clue up, cue up days three and four of the West Virginia crusade, because I want to show people what I'm talking about, and then I'll pray for everybody. So um, I said, if you, he said, no, I, I didn't know you were here all week. I said, if you bring your father tomorrow night, I'll pray for him first. And he said, okay. So I take the mic the next night and go to the stage, and he's in the back, and his dad is in a full, like, 24-hour live-in care home hospital bed. He had four gangsters each take a corner of the bed and carry it like a mile from the Section 8 housing to the field. In the heat, it was like uh, the story of the crippled man that got let down, let down through the roof, but with more nine millimeters. Amen. <laughs> so when I got the mic, he looked at me and waved his hand and pointed. In other words, like I did what you said. Make sure you do what, what you said. So I did. I preached that night. Then I, I, I preached to kind of, you know, he, he couldn't understand uh, English anyway, even though I had my interpreter with me. I basically was preaching to stir up my own spirit. And then I gave the altar call to get saved. And as soon as people came forward to get saved, he didn't come forward. But I said, now, now I'm going to pray for people that need prayer. And I came right down off the stage, and I went to his father. And I said, where's the cancer at? He said, in his stomach. Now think of this. This is a Latin king, like an, a, an actual gang, an actual criminal. And, and what's holding him in crime? I don't know. You know, if I, the way I was raised, now you need to give your life to the Lord. No. Did you know nobody was a Christian that Jesus healed? Jesus healed people, and that healing, T.O. Osborne, loosed healing. And then those people just start throwing, throwing their uh, uh, charms away and whatever they were bound by. Release, it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't tell people to quit smoking and quit drinking and then we'll pray. No, loose the power of God and the same power that drives cancer out will knock alcohol and fentanyl out of somebody's system. So uh, I said, where's the cancer at? He said, in his stomach. 
So I put my hand on his stomach and I closed my eyes and I started praying. You foul cancer in the name of Jesus. I command you to come out of this man's body. Every silly, I command you to die. I started praying like that. And then I felt the anointing come even stronger. And you don't go by how you feel. The word of God works regardless of how you feel, but it feels good to feel the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? How many can feel the Holy Ghost in here with us right now? That's right. He ain't here just to be here. He's here to bless you. He's here to touch your body. He'll make your eye come clear. He'll knock the glaucoma out of your eye. He'll lower your blood pressure. He'll make your hip work right. He'll take the pain out of your feet. He'll make your pancreas start regulating insulin like it should again. The Holy Spirit is a quickening, life-giving spirit, and he's here for you right now. When I felt the, the anointing come, I peeked to see how it was going. And the dad was sitting up in bed with his hands up, saying, Santo, Santo, which means holy, holy. And so then I got more confidence, and I looked up to see what the son was doing. And he was crying like this. And the dad was saying, I feel, I feel better. I feel better in my stomach. I don't, I don't carry a cat machine, uh, a cat scan machine with me, so I couldn't test to see if it was gone. But the dad was health, happy. The healthy color was back in his face. And then a boldness came on me. I said to the son, what about you? You believe everything I preach. Think about it. It would have been just as easy on night one for him to hear me preach and say, well, if what this guy's saying is true, how come my dad's sick? Give me the middle finger and storm off the, off the field. But he didn't do that, did he? He said, come pray for my dad. Well, him asking me to come pray for his dad, what does that show? It's a five-letter word that starts with F. Faith. Yeah, I believe you. I believe what you're saying. Come pray for my dad. And God is moved by faith. So you can wear no makeup, have no tattoos, not cut your hair, wear a long jean skirt everywhere you go, but if you don't have faith, you'll never please God. You can have a neck full of tattoos and illegally armed. But when you say, I believe God, that'll move the hand of God over all those other things. Can you say amen? amen. So I said, what about you? I said, you believe everything I preach. Not only did you ask me to pray for your dad, you had him carried a mile. Why would you go to hell? I said, you believe in Jesus. You believe everything I preach. Pray with me and give your life to the Lord. He shook his head, yes. He grabbed my hand and we prayed. You know, I had to pause the prayer four times for him to collect himself as he was crying. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins. Then he gave me a huge hug. And he said, if you ever have any problems, call this number. You know, I have that number still stored in my phone. Because I would always have people tell me, my daughter's 10 now, but she was like, however old she was then, three or four, they said, when she gets older and gets a boyfriend, I'm not even going to have to pray about it. Just send one text message to New Jersey and you'll never see him again. When my daughter comes home and says, my boyfriend hasn't been at school the last three days, I'll say, I'll keep him in prayer. Amen. That guy gave me a hug. Those gangsters gave me a hug. That dad gave me a hug. When I hear about people that are depressed in the ministry, my heart goes out to them and I do feel bad for them. But they're not doing ministry right. Because the Bible says when Jesus sent out the 72, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says they came back joyfully reporting all the things that had been done. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you do ministry right, heal this, preach the gospel. Say with me. Preach the gospel, but it's not just preach. Heal the sick, 
cast out devils. When you do it like that, there's a joy. When that guy hugged me, thanking me, and his dad hugged me, I didn't go to bed that night depressed. I actually had trouble falling asleep. Couldn't fall asleep till about three in the morning. I was just so full of joy. And then the photographer would send me the pictures, and I'd just scroll through and be so happy watching people's faces light up. It seems like the Lord has me on this mental health crisis thing a little bit tonight. Number one, know what the Word says. Number two, if you do the Jesus style of ministry, you'll never lack joy. You know what I heard one preacher say? And it put things in a different perspective. He said, the Bible says there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that comes home than 99 that remain righteous. How many of you have ever brought someone to church that wasn't saved? When they gave the altar call, you were kind of peeking? Had your heart racing? 220 beats a minute like a NASCAR driver? Oh no, believe And then you look, and then you saw them put their hand up, and you saw them go to the altar. Is there a greater joy on planet Earth? I've seen people, when they come to the altar, the person that brought them come behind them. I'm talking in conservative. Why? Because there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that comes home than 99 that remain righteous. And you're seated where? With Christ where? So the joy that goes on there, you feel it in your spirit. I felt it when I'm giving the altar call. Whereas as the altar starts to flood, I feel heaven's party in my spirit. I, I feel the joy of the husbandman receiving the precious fruit of the earth that he bought with his blood. Yeah, going to church in and of itself doesn't give you joy. But doing the soul winning, preach the gospel, win the lost, heal the sick, cast out devils. Brother, you're going to do that these last seven months. And they're going to be the happiest seven months that you've ever had in Jesus name hey go ahead and celebrate ahead of time you're gonna laugh in the face of the devil oh I feel joy joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength you can be seated so I'm going to show you these videos just to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. And then I'm going to lay hands on you to receive the empowering of the Holy Ghost to do exploits because the devil tried his best and failed. These kind of meetings were never supposed to happen again. We were supposed to be in permanent lockdown on universal basic income. And the only way you could get it was to get that thing injected in your body. But today they yanked the emergency use authorization. You're not allowed to lose your job. People that lost their jobs are suing, getting their job back with back pay. The devil is a committed loser. Everything he ever tried failed. Everything he ever will try fail. But Jesus is the winner. He is the champion. And when you hook up with him, you don't lose. You go from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. Somebody shout hallelujah. One more time, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. We're having this great meeting. I'm watching my Uncle Ted in Atlanta because they're an hour ahead of us. He's got his tent up in Turner Field, the Braves Old Park. That tent was full last night and packed tonight. They're going to have to stand on the outside tomorrow. 
People came the first night thinking it was a scam. They passed the same thing around there that they passed around for me. This is human trafficking. So you know what my uncle did? <laughs> the Holy Ghost is great. He got up and said, how many of you heard this is a human trafficking operation? They all lifted their hands. He went, they're right. I'm looking to human traffic every last one of you out of hell into heaven. And the whole thing broke right when he said it. The joy went. Then he starts preaching. Then he goes, hey, this guy with that cane just yanks the cane out. Give me that cane. Start walking. And then the miracles start breaking loose underneath all the inner city people in Atlanta. Let me tell you something. The devil's not going to have Atlanta. The devil's not going to have New Orleans. The devil's not going to have Los Angeles. The devil's getting run clean out of the United States of America. The devil's not going to have Rustin. Rustin's going to carry the fire of God in this last period of time. Stay on your feet, bow your head and close your eyes. I'm skipping all the videos. I don't feel like anybody needs convinced. Before I lay hands on everybody tonight, if you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, think about it. Can you identify a specific time in your life where you've publicly made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Please answer that. I'm not just saying things to fill time. I've filled plenty of time. Can you identify a specific time in your life where you've made a public decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? If you say, no, preacher, I can't think of a specific time where I've ever stood at an altar and made Christ my Savior, repented of sin, then do that tonight. Listen to me. Think how good it'll feel to lay your head on your pillow tonight and know I have total peace with God. My sins are all forgiven. If the trumpet sounds, I'm going up. I'm not going to meet God as my judge. I'm going to meet him as my heavenly father. You can do that tonight. Secondly, if you once did that, but you fell away. Bible says, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, I would that you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Then he says, uh, 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 verse 19 or 20, now be diligent, Revelation 3, 19 and 20, now be diligent and turn from your indifference. And that's written to the last church age. What marks the, the church in this last church age is indifference. I believe that, but you don't do anything with it. There's no fire. If you're lukewarm, if you have enough of the church to make you hot or warm, Instead of cold, but you have enough of the world to make you warm but not hot. You got to get rid of sin tonight or sin will get rid of you. You can't be indifferent. That's, why I'm, that's one of the reasons I do two services a day. I'm not going to become an indifferent evangelist. I like to go golf during the day and then fish and then at night I just come and we're not going to be long tonight, just going to read a couple scriptures. No, no, no. Say with me. The fire must never go out. And some of you that are here, if you were honest, the fire is not getting lit. The fire is going out. You don't read the Bible anymore. Your church attendance is spotty. And you never made an, an, an effort to do that. You don't have to. That's one thing the devil's good at is deceit. I have soccer on Sundays. We have to take the kids. He made, um, we're actually happy because John made travel basketball. So we're gone on Sundays. You're too blind to see it. 
getting lured out of church, getting lured out of your commitment with God, and your son has as much chance of playing professional basketball as I do of being a spaceman. So you need to settle down in church. Can you say amen? amen? As quiet as it got there, that might have been a word of knowledge. You have to make God number one or he won't have any part of your life. Jesus will either be everything or he'll be nothing at all. And that's the frustration many people face. They like God, they like church, they like the Bible. You know what I told those people when I did the, the crusade in Sturgis, South Dakota? I was gonna say what I normally said, what I normally said when I was preaching. Why would you spend eternity in hell with the devil? But as I looked, many of the people had tattoos of, de of demons and stuff. And the Lord gave me a different wor word. Now, I don't wish anyone to go to hell. But those guys were all, those bikers were all conservative. You don't meet liberal bikers. They don't like the direction the country's going in. But I said, all those liberal politicians that you hate and post on Facebook about, you're going to go to the same hell they're going to. And I said, why would you want to go to hell with so-and-so, a, politi a liberal politician that I knew none of them liked? They all lifted their hand to get saved. Yeah, they were okay with spending eternity with the devil. They didn't want to spend eternity with, with uh, a certain politician that I won't name. And I, I hope the lady gets saved. They get it. You know, there's many people in Louisiana. They're family people. They're Bible-believing people. But the, the Bible says, you believe in God, good. Even the demons believe and tremble. Believing in God doesn't make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting and raising canes makes you a chicken finger. You have to be born again. Why? It has to be at the altar? Yeah. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. D.L. Moody started public altar calls. Uh, then Billy Sunday, Billy Graham, and God honored those ministries because they were calling people, come out of the crowd, be separate, stand for God, and God will stand for you. And in my generation, they quit giving public altar calls. I see that hand. God sees that hand. That's all that matters. And 35 years of camouflage altar calls produced a generation of camouflage Christians that worked the same job for 15 years and nobody even knows they go to church. But brother, those days are over. God is looking for people that say, I don't care what the crowd is doing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. With those heads bowed and those eyes closed, some of you, maybe it's just one area in your life that you've never gotten the victory over. Bible says in Song of Solomon, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Some people, it's alcohol. They've never got the victory over it. They love God. They love, I mean, who am I talking to? You're in church on Monday night. So whatever story you want to tell me after church about what a, what a committed rebel you are, I'm not buying it. You came to a revival meeting, and even if you came by accident, you stayed for two hours. So you can't tell me you hate God. But agreeing with the Bible won't get you to heaven. Hating the wickedness that's in America won't get you to heaven. You must be born again. And that's my job. That's what I take care of. That angel that called me into the ministry said, call men and women who are now in darkness into the light, for soon it will be eternally too late. That's what had D.L. Moody start giving public altar calls. He didn't believe in them. He had a bench on the side of his church and said, you shouldn't do this decision quickly. 
So if you're thinking about getting saved, they call it the contemplation bench. Sit on that bench and think about it. And then one week after Sunday church, Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked the lantern over and the Chicago fire started. And a bunch of those people that were sitting on the bench on Sunday, thinking about it, burned alive and went to hell. That's why D.O. Moody had that famous quote, I'd rather have both arms cut off than not give an invitation to Christ at the end of my message. Yeah, if we had forever, then we, I, you wouldn't hear me sweating and stuff. But there, this is a limited time offer. One day that trumpet's going to sound. Two that are in a field, one will be taken and one will be left. Think about that. Two in a field. Two guys on the oil field. Natural gas field. One's always inviting him to church. Ah, whatever, man. No, I believe there's some truth in that. I don't think you have to go crazy about it. Then you're going to be working one day. Boom! And that guy's going to think, oh, shoot. Two will be asleep in one bed. Some wife that's been praying for her husband. You know it's a husband and wife. Because if it was two people just sleeping together, both would be left. Honey, come to church. I can't. You know Sunday is my only day off. I work 80 hours a week. I need a morning, you know, just to collect myself. And one day, they're going to be asleep in one bed, and that husband's going to wake up, and that wife ain't there. And he's going to think, oh, shoot. And then he's going to see both cars are still in the driveway, and he's going to think, double shoot. And then he's going to turn on TV, and the whole cast of CNN and Fox News are going to be in place. And they're going to find out that it, it, it's not a local situation. It's a worldwide situation. That those that had made things right with God and kept their robes white were taken. And others that allowed their robes to be soiled were left. What about you? Why wait till it's too late? Why, have, why not have a day for the rest of your life? June 5th, 5th? June 5th. 2023 that's the day I got right with God and oh what a glorious change there's been don't let the devil sit there and condemn you in your seat kiss him goodbye and come to the altar you've done so much wrong there's no sin that you've committed that the blood of Jesus won't cancel out right now time to get people born again tonight you're too big to go to hell you don't, you're too beautiful to go to hell Devil doesn't belong in your life. Jesus belongs in your life. If you're here and you say, Jonathan, that's me. I don't care who else is coming. I make up my mind tonight. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want you to put your hand up high and wave it right now. I see. I could feel it tonight. Very quickly, everyone that lifted a hand and meant business with God, come to the altar right now. Come right now. Those of you with more boldness, come first. It'll help those that are more timid. Come right now. Everyone that lifted a hand, come now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, come right now. Come right to the altar, every hand. In Jesus' name, God bless you, ladies. God bless you. God bless you. That's right, tonight's your night. Throw off the shackles of sin. Amen. 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 This is your night. Awesome. Awesome. She's going to sing it one more time. If the Lord's wrestling with your heart, come now. Thank you, Jesus. Make this your night. Say no to the devil. Say yes to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Make your house a home for the Holy Ghost.
With your hands lifted, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to say this prayer after me from your heart. Say it loud so God can hear you. Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am clean. I am free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. Let me bless you. I want to put some gum in because if you fall over backwards, I want to make sure it's the Holy Ghost. I'm a preacher's kid. I had some old preachers pray for me growing up, and I thought, Lord, I'll be a missionary to Sri Lanka if you get this guy to stop praying two inches from my nose. So we want this to be a pleasant experience. Father, I'm just going to tell you what came up in my spirit. When I go to New Orleans, there's a coffee shop there that's run by women that had problems, and then they're in like a recovery program, and uh, it's a Christian coffee place. And that came to my spirit when I stood in front of you three. These three women, whatever the devil bound you with to ruin your life. You're, and I will, I'll tell you this, you've had Christians tell you that that will always be a struggle. That's a lifelong struggle. But it's not going to be a lifelong struggle. You're completely free. Goes right now. Completely free. Also, if you picked up any disease in your blood, it goes right out. In Jesus' name. And there you go too. There's your own. Take it. of the Holy Ghost and fire in Jesus name just stay at the altar and let the Lord touch you I want to pray for uh, let me see real quick the only place that has more blonde headed people than Rustin is, is uh, Stockholm Sweden this lady with the blonde hair this lady with the blonde hair and this lady with the brown actually all four of you step out into the aisle you're not in trouble God's going to bless you come right down here there's space you can have them come down here and make sure they don't trample the bodies I'm going to pray for you God's hands on your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just line them up for me. Life won't finish like it started. Be healed. Be filled with the power of God. Be healed right in your body, in your lower body. Everything that causes pain, the Lord takes out. This lady with the blonde hair, black shirt, step out into the aisle, lift both hands, close both eyes. I'm going to have to find a different way to call people. I can say this lady with the blonde hair. You might as well say this lady with the two eyes and nose. <laughs> Lift your hands even higher as you do the power of God comes upon you. That's it. The power of God went right through you right when you were watching that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All four of you lift both hands to the Lord. God's hand has been on you for like the whole service. 
This night, June 5th, 2023, for you is going to be a turning point. They'll be before tonight and after tonight, and those two lives won't look anything like the other. Everything changes now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it. You know, um, I've been praying a prayer, and the anointing's been more powerful since I've been praying it, because I kind of feel like I can just piggyback on what other people have done and make it easier on myself. I just pray, Father, every prayer that's been prayed for everybody that's in the service tonight, use me to be the fulfillment of it. So then I get all your grandma's 40 years of prayers just in me. Amen. That's what the Lord's doing. There's people here that, got, that, that have had family praying for them, and the Lord's taking care of it right now. I didn't pray for her a second time because she didn't fall down. I just felt to pray for her. If the goal was to fall down, I had everybody lay down at 740, get up and go to Cain's. But there is a power from God that'll knock you off your feet, my friend. It's all through. I heard, I, there's a full gospel preacher that told one of my associates, I don't believe in falling under the power. Oh, you don't? So what do you do with the scripture and the glory of God filled the temple and the priest couldn't stand to minister? What do you, how do you interpret that? The glory of God filled the temple and the priests were unable to stand to do their earthly, their, uh, their priestly ministrations, the Bible says. So what was that? That's called the glory of God. That was under an old covenant with old promises, a worse covenant. What happened when, anytime people fell in the Bible, brother, it was always in prostration to worship Christ. Oh, so the men that were coming to the garden with clubs and swords were coming to worship Jesus? How dumb can you be and still breathe? Whom seek ye? Jesus of Nazareth. I am. They all fell to the ground. What direction? Backwards. Not difficult to interpret. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and suddenly there was one who appeared before me whose eyes were like a flame of fire, whose hair was white like wool, whose feet were like bronze refined in the furnace. A two-edged sword proceeded out of his mouth, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. And when I saw him, I fell. I did what? Oh, I fell. Hmm. 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 I don't see anywhere in the Bible where people fell down. Well, I'll pray for you, and God will open your blind eyes and give you the ability to read English. Can you say amen? amen. Don't, you know, it's one thing if you don't know about the Bible, then just keep your mouth shut. And don't call yourself full gospel if you're not, because you're ruining the whole country. I hope you're watching. Can you say, it's called a rebuke. It's not for you. It's for people that should keep their mouths shut that are training up new generations of ministers to doubt the power of God. This country doesn't need less of the manifestations of God's power. Let me tell you something. The Democrats didn't ruin this country. The Republicans didn't ruin it, though they didn't help. Biden didn't ruin it. 75-minute powerless church services have gotten this country in the shape it's in. Passing people communion on the way out to their car. Church at the movies. This December, we're going to be watching the movie Monsters, Inc. I met, a guy, I met a guy on the road, he went, 
uh, we're doing Church of the Movies, we're going to watch Monsters, Inc. I said, wow, it's like listening to the Book of Acts come alive. That's not church. That's an, that's an abomination. Hey, if you come Sunday, we have free popcorn. Hey, free popcorn. It's all good because I've been saving up. I can never afford it. And the crowd goes quiet on the evangelist. I feel like I'm delivering this message at the art conference, but that's fine. I'm doing my best. We don't need less of God's power. We need more of God's power. Well, since the Lord seems to be favoring blonde-headed people tonight, this blonde lady with the black, at least you have a headband so I can describe you and separate you from the 80 other people. Come right out. Right there is fine. Lift both, she didn't have to come all the way up. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Hand of God's on you right there. Lift your hands even higher. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. In Jesus' name. That power comes into your body. What you battled before tonight, you'll never battle again. And you're healed. And your digestion's healed. And you'll be able to eat what you want and keep it down. And since that anointing's here for her, I tell every one of you, you'll be able to eat what you want, when you want, and keep it down. You're not going to go down the path that the pharmaceutical companies want for everybody. You're going to live in health all the days of your life. If you believe it, shout out, receive it. Every hand lifted wherever you are. Be blessed in Jesus' name. That fire that God put in your belly will never go out. That fire that you've received will never go out. You're going to serve God with an undying passion from now till when Jesus comes. Every attempt of the enemy to pull you off the path of life will fail. There'll be a strength in the Holy Ghost that rises up in you to, do, to not only know what's right to do, but to do it. By impartation and the laying on of hands, tonight you've received the spirit of I don't care. The way people's opinions manipulated you before tonight, it'll never work again. And I am the chief purveyor of the spirit of I don't care. You'll only care what God's word says. In Jesus' name. How many of you can tell you got something tonight? Say it out loud. What I got doesn't wear off. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to stir it up in Jesus' name. Say it so the devil can hear you. I don't go up and down. I go up and up. From glory to glory. Victory to victory. And strength to strength. Lift both hands. The last defeat you saw will be the last defeat you ever see. You'll never take another backward step. No more two good weeks, four bad weeks. No more four good weeks, two bad weeks. Surely, God's mercy and goodness will follow you every day of your life. In Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. amen. Give the Lord a great hand clap. You can return to your seats.
We'll dismiss you in just a handful of minutes. I'm going to give, believe it or not, there's people that come to meetings that want to give. So we give them an opportunity to give because giving is holy. Offerings are holy. They're not a necessary evil to fund God's kingdom. There's something God gave so his children could end around the entire World Economic Forum plan to bankrupt you and choke your money out. Can you say amen? You know, I was just going to do like a nice easy offering scripture and then receive one. Let me see my phone. Thanks, brother. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I bet you tonight will be a good offering. Because if the Lord prompted me with a different scripture, usually when that happens, anytime you get the Holy Ghost involved in anything, it's much better. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. You'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve. It was a serve. Well, Louisiana is a lot like Texas and that people don't leave if they haven't had a chance to give. You know, a lot of churches, if you were on service in this order, then people know offerings next, they'd already be out in the car going to get something to eat. Because it's not like you're stupid. You know, if we're going to have you sit back down, it's for an offering. So Louisiana people must be like Texas people, that if you don't take an offering, they come up and say, hey, you forgot to take an offering. Here's my seed. Because people, I, told, I said it yesterday, 90% of world missions giving comes from America. Of that 90%, I'd like to see what part comes from Louisiana, Texas, Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama. I bet it'd be a high percentage of it. So people tapped into something down here. Did you ever think that the lockdowns during COVID, when they said it's going to go to 40% unemployment and two out of every three businesses would be up for lease? And they thought, well, they were using fear. Did you ever think that maybe it wasn't fear? It was actually supposed to work like that? Because you'd hear the economic experts say, you can take that down. I'm not receiving the offering yet. I'm teaching on, on giving. I hate when it gets blended, because then if you do it like that, people think it's, everything I'm teaching is to get you to give. It's just so you can have understanding so you don't end up in the same boat I was in, growing up in church. And the only, the totality of the teaching on offerings I received in 18 years ago in the church and four years of Bible school, this was the totality of the teaching. The brethren are coming to receive the offering. God bless you as you give. And then some churches, they'd say, God bless you as you give and God bless those that have not to give. At nine, I would think, then what's the point of giving? If you get the same blessing, whether you keep your money or give your money, what dummy puts any in the offering? So I want you to understand why there's an offering. If you put the, and I'm not rebuking it, it might be my own staff, but I don't care. Whoever put it up on the screen, they're just trying to help me. But then that's why you have preachers say, he took 25 minutes on the offering. No, I'll take 90 seconds to receive the offering. And I'll tell you what the Bible says on money for whatever the other time is. It's not trying to beat an offering out of people. We have plenty of money. I was able to save a lot of money in our ministry by taking my grandmother's old seat covers out of her car and turning them into suit coats. Amen. So we don't need any money. 
I've got three QVC Easy Pays left on this dress shirt, and I'll be totally debt-free. Amen. So the offering, say this out loud, the offering is not to get money from me. It's to get money to me. You heard all the economic experts say, we don't understand why during this lockdown, people aren't losing their jobs. You know, if you talk to Christians during the lockdown, they were like embarrassed. Hey, don't tell anybody. I'm having the best economic year I've ever had. You'd hear that everywhere you went. In fact, I was basically, I was like, man, we're in trouble. You know, if we can't have more than 10 people come to a meeting, and people, are, we couldn't even, we were having trouble getting people to come to church when you were allowed to come to church. So what's going to happen now? And then we had the best March 2020 was the best financial month we ever had. So then I thought, then the devil played tricks with my mind. I thought, yeah, but people still had their money from February. So April's going to be rough. April beat March. And I'm talking in however many years we've had the ministry at that point, 19. That was the best month in 19 years we ever had. Then April beat March. Then in May, I thought, well, May will be the first full month that people couldn't work for 30 days and giving's good. You know, they tell you statistically, if people are in a rough, a rough spot financially, the first thing they cut is charitable giving. Because obviously you're not gonna feed other people's kids when you're having trouble feeding your own kids. Maybe April. Well, then when it happened three months in a row, I thought, you know what? Maybe the Lord actually meant what he said about how he's gonna take care of us no matter what. So I said, if our money's stacking up like this, I bet you there's other people that are in bad shape. So I started calling pastor friends of mine that were in countries that had military-enforced lockdowns, like had the troops out on the street and you weren't allowed out of, out of the door. And I remember I called my friend Ben Kroski in Amsterdam and just, you know, Europeans don't like talking about money. You know, it's like very gentlemanly, you don't discuss, like, like New York, you don't discuss what your rent is or your mortgage, you, it's all your business. So I broached the subject gently getting ready for him to like break into tears. We don't know what we're going to do. We haven't eaten in two weeks. I said, how are things going financially at the church? He went, we had the best two months that we've ever had. He said, in fact, like we had a guy that started an ice cream company at our church February 2020. And then no one's allowed to go to his ice cream shop. And he called me saying, I don't know what to do. And he said, the Holy Ghost gave me an idea. Start a, start a delivery service where people can call and get ice cream delivered to their house. Well, you know, during COVID, people put on 600, 700 pounds a piece. All there was to do was eat. So these Dutch people start calling his ice cream place, and it blew up. And then he's bringing the tithe to the church. So you started to realize, I couldn't find anybody that needed money. So I just, I just gave money like you give. There was like nobody you could find that wasn't doing great in the time the devil meant to choke out the money. Now look what the Bible says. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. I had a guy come up to me one time when I finished teaching on giving, and he said, Reverend, the way you talk, you must have never heard the scripture. The Bible says no man can, can have both God and money. I said, not have, serve. He went, oh, a fourth grade English education would do wonders for people. It doesn't say you can't have God and money. It says you can't serve God and money. I know the Pope says that we should all take a vow of poverty, but he also has a custom Versace red slippers. So somebody's lying. That's no vow of poverty. When you have your own tailor house in Italy that makes all your clothes, 14 people that make your clothes for you, I don't know what your definition of poverty is, but that ain't it. 
And I'm not picking on, on Catholics. If you stick around, I'll pick on everybody. Because the Protestant anti-prosperity people are the same way. You shouldn't have anything. Then they find out the chief anti-prosperity, I notice he hasn't said much about it after he got caught. He's got three multi-million dollar homes telling people that our reward's not in this life, it's in heaven. Okay, then you got some splaining to do. You're like the Bernie Sanders of Christianity. You tell everybody how great it is to be poor, then you've got mansions. So all the people do that preach about the blessing is let you know, A, we are blessed. B, the same blessing we have is available to all, not that are in the ministry, all that are in Christ. God, I, Jonathan, I had, a, I had somebody write me, and I, I corrected them nicely because they were writing a nice thing. Jonathan, it's wonderful to see how much God blesses you for going around and sharing his word as much as you do. No, I know people that share the word more than me with a more genuine heart than me and are broke. It's not your service for God that engenders the blessing. The Bible doesn't say, uh, 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 pray and you shall receive money. It says, give and you shall receive. There's no sidestepping giving. Can you say amen? amen? So then the Bible says you cannot serve both God and money, but in the King James it says you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon was a demonic God in that culture that controlled money, that you had to bow to that God for it to control the money. Now what did the, catch this and I'll receive the offering and I'll leave you alone for 12 hours. What did the devil say to Jesus when he tempted him? Bow down to me and I'll give you the wealth and kingdoms of this world for they are mine to give to whomever I choose for they have been delivered unto me. That was not a lie. That was a true statement at that time because when Adam disobeyed God, the Bible says in Romans six sixteen, whoever you obey becomes your master. God gave the earth to Adam. When Adam obeyed the devil, it was transferred to the devil and so there is a demonic God called mammon that if you do what it tells you to do, it'll make sure you're loaded with money. The problem is you also get something called sorrow. But if you'll serve Christ who defeated the devil, who has all silver and all gold, and you won't bow to the devil and you'll do things God's way, then God, Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and addeth, when I was young and broke, I liked the rich part. As I get older, I'm starting to like the no sorrow part. Say with me, sorrow-free riches. Sorrow -free riches. That's, that's, you know, I could name a celebrity, but I'm not going to because all my stuff nowadays gets to people and I want people to be saved. But when that SVB, Silicon Valley Bank crashed, there was a celebrity that had just over $900 million in the account and when they found out, uh, her personal staff leaked to the press that she had to be restrained with plastic restraints as she screamed out and thrashed. All her money was gone. All her compromise for that, it's all gone. Weep and howl, ye rich people, for your riches are like moth-eaten rags that have been corroded. You know, People that don't know any better use those verses for Christians. I mean, no, we don't have anything, but the Bible tells the rich that they should weep in hell. Not me. It says rich people that have been evil, that have withheld the wages of those that have helped them. I'm not evil. 
I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not evil. You're righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's a different set of rules that apply to your money. So there's a demon God called Mammon that constricts money. All these guys that you hear telling you you should eat crickets instead of meat. And that you shouldn't drive a car while they fly in jets. That you should only use so much electricity. That's a manifestation through them of that mammon God that chokes out people's wealth. That tells you how high you can rise. And you can get in that system with them. And do all the things they do on Epstein Island and whatever else. To placate that God called mammon and enjoy that wealth. You can tell that God mammon to kiss your gospel grits and serve Jesus Christ and abide by his word. And you're going to find out God has more wealth under his pinky finger than that God called mammon has in his entire bank vault. Can you say amen? I'll tell you one thing and then I'll, I'll leave you be. How many of you saw me got kicked out of that church in South Carolina where they told me they don't want me to finish uh, the meeting? That you can go home. You want to know what, ha- what happened? You want to know why I'm not mad at the pastor, mad at whoever? I don't know who, who, who made the decision. I don't think it was the pastor, even though he said he did. I think so- somebody got their shorts in a knot on the board. But I'll tell you, everything's spiritual. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You never get mad at the people. No matter how bad you think a person is, you'll notice people get much nicer once they get the devil cast out of them. Once the passengers leave the bus, the bus isn't that bad. Amen. So it's spiritual. Everybody say mammon. So we're building this church. We had 24.8 acres given to us. Now we come into the process of clearing the land and building. And I got my faith out for it. A lady drives in from another state and gives me $320,000. That church didn't know anything about it. They never found out. They didn't, she did it privately. And the next day was when they canceled the meeting and sent me home. I knew what that was. That was that demon god of mammon saying, if we let this kid stick around South Carolina, he's going to build that church in a handful of months. So send him home. When I was driving home, the Lord spoke to me. That was that mammon. So anything that, say this out loud, when the devil attacks, I can counterattack. Never understood people, devil's attacking. Well, I can use this illustration in Louisiana. If your son that was 14 years old kept coming home every day and telling you that an 11-year-old was picking on him, after day three or four, what would you tell him? Find a place where there's no video cameras and make it the last day he ever picked on you. Can you say amen? I thought that illustration would go ever better in Louisiana, but it went over as if I told it in Vermont, but that's fine. No, deal with it. Why are you going to let yourself get attacked? Give him, lay a beating on him. So if the devil is launching an attack, get a plan from the Holy Ghost to attack back. How many of you watch Spider-Thon? I think people thought when I did that, it was gonna be, I was going to tell my side of the story and run the pastor into the ground. But it was to spite, not the pastor of the church, it was to spite the devil. That God, called, that God G, small g, called mammon. The Lord said, if he's trying to make this your worst financial week, then I'll give you a plan to make it your best financial week. We did that spider-thon, and well, we had $906,000 come in week one, and then the mail came in the next week. It was about 1.3 million came in in 10 days on YouTube, not TV. TV doesn't raise that much. If I was on a major network and took a week, not, that much would not have come in. 
That's called the, the attack was supernatural, but the blessing and counterattack was supernatural. That's why we took a billboard out on the interstate in Pittsburgh that just went up. It has me and Adonis' picture on it and the website address for our church. And it says, when the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. Yeah, I stole that from R.W. Schambach, and it's easy to remember. It's so corny, you can't forget it. Say out loud, when the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. Yeah, you'll shut a lot of Christians over there. The devil's been, been, been really messing with me. He so said, then God's going to start blessing you. Oh, Yeah, don't be attack-focused. Be blessing-focused. So you make this decision. Are you, you're going to serve. Think of what, what this is saying. You will serve one of these gods. Pastor, I can't go to church on Sunday because I have to fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Pastor, I can't go to church on Sunday because I have to. What do you have to do? Work. I can't honor one of the Ten Commandments because I have to go work. Do you ever let that statement ring in your ears for a little bit and consider what you're saying? I know what God says, but I've made a decision to get my money the world's way so I can't be in church. Yeah, but I have to work. Oh, do you? You actually live in a country where it's not even legal to make a Christian work on Sunday morning. You would have an open and shut lawsuit if you, if you told your boss, I have to go to church from 10 a.m. What, 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 what time does church start here? 11 a.m. From 11 a.m. till 1, 1 p.m., I'll, I'll be at church and then I'll be back at work. And they said, if you do that, we're going to fire you. You would own the company if he stood by what he said. You could sue him for whatever amount you wanted and he'd be sorry. They'd, they'd back off quick. But because you've made a decision, and it's not your fault, because preachers have told you, you can get healed in church, you can get saved in church, you can get victory over sin in church, but when it comes to making money, you got to figure out a way to do that yourself. Then they have forced you to go to the God of mammon. Am I preaching don't work and just give? No. The Bible commands work. But my job is not my source. God is my source, and you can't make any manipulation to ever get me to put finances above my covenant with God. And when you make that decision, mammon can't touch you. That's why God didn't just deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. They were promoted to even higher positions. Daniel wasn't just taken out of the lion's den. He was given a raise to a higher position. Because anytime that spirit tries to make you say, if you serve God, I'm going to take your money. You say, you're not my, I never bowed to you, mammon. I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My money doesn't come from the Democrats. My money doesn't come from the Republicans. I don't need government money. I'm hooked up to heaven supply. The windows of heaven are open over my life, pouring out a blessing that's so great. The only problem I have is taking it all in. Say that. Can you say amen? So when you give, that's all you're doing. You're giving a giant middle finger to the spirit of mammon and you're putting seed in the kingdom of god and that seed multiplies back pressed down shaken together and running over i will cause men to give liberally into you how many of you saw us give that million dollar check to pastor rodney was it how many weeks later did the lady flap and drop off a check for a million dollars six weeks later Lady flies up and drops off a check for a million. When it says your gift will come back to you, it doesn't matter what size. Your gift will come back to you. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. That wasn't the only thing we got back. That million has turned into almost four million in, in two months. 
Yeah, it's impossible for it not to. I'm, I'm not hooked up. You know, when our governor in our state, he's not the governor anymore, Tom Wolf, he, he put on Twitter, we have $620,000 set aside for churches that'll help us get people vaccinated. I, wrote, I retweeted it and wrote back. I had more money come in than that since Tuesday. <laughs> Mammon ain't richer than Jehovah. So you can keep your money. I'm not sending people to go, go get something put in their body. I'm not, the church is not an agent to do the work of the government. The church is holy. Can you say amen? I don't, need, I don't need the government to build me a basketball court. If you help us get people to vote, we'll build you a skate park. You think I don't, can't get my own concrete? God, if I don't bow to you, God will give me my own concrete business. Can you say amen? The last day you ever bowed your knee to that God mammon to go get paid will be the last day you ever do it. Today is going to begin your participation in Jehovah's money system. Can you say amen? Can't serve both God and mammon, so you make your choice at offering time. You know what's interesting? People have a problem giving 10% to the Lord a tithe, but they got no problem paying 14% interest on a credit card. God wants 10%. Yeah, and MasterCard, or I mean, if you get the Montel Williams credit card, you're not, you're not tithing, you're double tithing to the Montel Williams credit card. Those churches want me to tithe from my business. I can't do that. Yeah, but then you'll get financing and pay way more than that to the banking cartels because that's what's normal. And God tells you something to do different. And he didn't say, you know, MasterCard didn't say if you pay us, see if we won't back, multiply it back to you, press down, shake it together. It's just gone. All God does, he doesn't keep it. He doesn't even use U.S. dollars. Give it to me and I'll send it back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. I'll tell you one more thing. During the lockdown, I owned a building that had a tenant in it who was a dentist. And the Lord spoke to me the golden rule when I looked at the sign one day. What would you want if you were that dentist that was considered a, a non-essential service? What would you want your landlord to do for you? They weren't allowed to do dentistry. I'd want them to waive my lease payment. Then do it for them. So I waived it. And I, that was when I was thinking, well, we can't preach, but at least we, can, we have that money coming in. So I said, no, 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 give it back to them. So they sent it, I sent it back. Month two, sent it back. The woman that, that was the dentist came to Patrick that runs our money at the ministry, crying. We were gonna have to take out, we were gonna have to default on our mortgage to keep our home mortgage to keep our business open. And when you sent those two months back, we won't have to do that now. Thank you. Well, when I heard she said, thank you, I did it a third month. Then I just thought, why not keep doing it? Month four, month five, month six. I, I would never tell them I'm not taking it. I had them send it every month and send it back every month until we sold the building. So what was that? Probably two years. I had them go in there lease free. And then somebody gives us a $5.7 million building, million dollar building free right by the airport. Say this out loud. What you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. And let me tell you something. If I'd have collected their, what, what did they pay? $3,200 a month? So what's that? 32,000 every 10 weeks times five. So in two years, that would be $300,000. That's not, you know, I only got a C in math, but 5.7 million is greater than 300,000. 
So I did the thing God spoke to me to do at my level, and God took me to a higher level. And during offering time, you do what God speaks to you to do at your level, and God will take you to a higher level. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a great big hand clap tonight. All right, you can put the information up on the screen. These are the ways to give. Their offering envelopes are in the back of your seat. If you're watching online, you can go to revivaltoday.com and click Give Now. You can scan that QR code if you'd like to give cryptocurrency. And then we have basically every way to give other than donating a, an organ on the black market. But if that's ever legal, we'll also have a QR code for that. Amen. So there's the ways to give. Revivaltoday.com. Click Give Now. Thank you for everybody that's giving online. Somebody's going to sow a seed tonight that's going to take you to another level. And when the Holy Spirit deals with you about a significant seed, it's because he's taking you to a different place. Those that sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. If you don't feel what leaves your hand, you don't feel what comes back to your life. But when you feel what leaves your hand, you'll feel what comes back. You'll notice it. Can you say amen? All right. Hold your seed before the Lord. If you're giving by phone, hold your phone up before the Lord. If you're giving at home on a desktop computer, take a wide stance and lift your entire desktop computer before the Lord. I lose a hundredfold return to every giver tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you for making every crooked path straight. Thank you for streams in the desert. In Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. amen. Ushers, you can come forward. Go ahead and receive the offering. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Normally, we say Friday is going to be a special service. Tuesday is going to be a Holy Ghost blowout service, morning and night. So we're going to pick up 10 a.m. Uh, right where we left off tonight. How many can tell this meeting has wheels? It's got momentum. So we're going to carry that momentum right into the morning. Enjoy your night. Have the most peaceful night's sleep you've ever had. When we come back, we're going to give the devil another kick in the john, Louisiana. Can you say amen? How many can tell already God's doing something great in your life? Let me ask you this. How many of you can tell by the show of hand, like not, not I'm believing for it, like I can testify right now in a court of law that whether it was an addiction or a bondage or a sickness or disease, I got free from something tonight. I could tell it left me. Let me see your hand up high. There's one, two, three, and many. Good. It's only night two. And God will keep building on what he did tonight. You leave when, Iowa? Okay, so you're here tomorrow. Good, I won't say bye. When do you leave South Dakota? Friday. Friday. Oh, that's awesome. I like how you guys from the Midwest all still travel in caravans and packs like it's Oregon Trail. I'm glad nobody died of dysentery. Amen. How many of you were blessed tonight? How many of you appreciate my friend, Brother Tony, and his wife, Sister Clarita Jackson? What? Great job, media team. All week, no misfired videos or anything. Everything's great. Great camera work. They're going to play a promo if you're watching online. We're going to have the greatest Christian conference. I don't want to oversell it, but the greatest Christian conference in the history of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, July 2nd through the 9th, 10, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. And uh, 
they're going to play the promo for that on your way out. I'm going to swing it to Pastor Stan to give you a proper dismissal, tie up any loose ends. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.